Welcome to this Texas Sports Nation podcast, Texans edition. Brooks Cabina here with Jonathan Alexander. Just wrapped up with day two of the draft here at NRG Stadium. The Texans uh, making several moves again to uh, trade up and pick two more players uh, after not having a second round pick. But this is our this is turning out to be one of the craziest drafts, not only in Texans history, but uh, or most active trades, I should say but also in uh, professional football history in Houston. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk to you guys about the uh, day one, so I, th- I think we, we kind of first at least address that. Uh, Jonathan, both of us up here at NRG Stadium, when that trade went down, the Texans picked C.J. Stroud number two overall. Uh, what was your reaction to see, and what do you think the context is around the Texans, one, picking Stroud, and then two, trading all the way up from 12 uh, to go and get Will Anderson at number three. Yeah, I think I was a little surprised that they made it happen. Um, you know, we knew that the Texans' two biggest needs were at quarterback and were at defensive end. They really obviously liked Will Anderson. There was a lot of question about whether C.J. Stroud was the guy at number two. And you looked around a lot of the mock drafts and a lot of the people um, – differed on who if you had C.J. Stroud. So uh, the Texans, D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario had been pretty tight-lipped about C.J. Stroud. They hadn't really talked about him much, so nobody really knew. Uh, you know, we got a little bit of word that, um, the te- that the Texans in the last couple, week and a half, or uh, last few days, were inquiring about uh, C.J. Stroud more and more. So it became apparent that they had some interest in him. But the trade up to get uh, Will Anderson, I thought was a was a great move for them because they had the draft capital and they finally used it, and it made sense. You know, you you get two of the most talented players in this draft at two and three, and you solve two of your most pressing issues. And while you could have used one of those um, one of those picks next year, um, you know, why not use it this year if you feel like now was the time to go out and get two guys that you really like? So I thought it was a great move by them, and uh, a surprise definitely shocked a lot around the NFL world, but I thought it was a good move. Yeah, I agree with you as well. And today, um, this being Friday that we're recording this, we got a chance to talk with Will Anderson, with C.J. Stroud. Uh, they talked with us reporters earlier in the day before rounds two and three began. And I just have to say, first off, C.J. Stroud's really kind of really naturally funny. It showed a lot of his personality, uh, gave a little shout out to Nick Casario on the stage toward the end of it because he'd been mostly silent and made a, a usually stoic um, Casario laugh. And then kind of they were just cutting up. It seemed really relaxed, uh, seemed why they had a connection there. And he's going to have to step into what's going to be a high-pressure situation as a franchise quarterback, as someone, as I expect, to take the number one snap when game one. I mean, they're building this offense around him for a reason. Um, but – uh, he he just showed a lot of his personality there. Will Anderson uh, talked about his connection to D'Amico Ryans. He was the first top 30 visit for the Texans. I was at his pro day at Alabama, um, and he talked about it then too, about just how natural it felt, how he couldn't stop thinking about it, how he liked D'Amico Ryans and connected with him as someone who, uh, one, was you know a very intelligent, defensive-minded coach who has an attacking style that he, he he likes to play in, but also someone who is going to set a really high bar 
and, uh, and, 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 and have something for him to work toward. So a lot of things made sense from um, how, how the Texans moved. And these are going to be two major faces of a franchise that seems to be moving beyond the rebuild of what it's done. And I think that signals a lot about the trades. The Deshaun Watson trade signified Nick Casario's era up to this point. And trading up for uh, Will Anderson obviously took out the rest of those first rounders technically. And, and now that they're going to look at the return on investment with those picks now. So these two are stepping into that situation. So going into this, I'm just transitioning in to day two, the Texans had two more trades uh, today to go up and pick uh, two different players. First, uh, Juice Scruggs uh, out of Penn State, a center who has some position versatility at guard. And then almost immediately thereafter, uh, trading up uh, to go get U of H wide receiver uh, Tank Dell. And everybody knows uh, (laughs) about Tank and having watched him uh, around here in Houston, but it's the first time the Texans had ever drafted someone from U of H. So uh, that finally gets knocked down. But out of those two picks, Jonathan, what 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 did you take away from that? Both Casario's trades, maybe, or just what 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 you got out of the two players there? Well, I guess what I got out of there is based on what Nick Casario was saying. They they had these guys in this particular range. I I thought that Scruggs he was a little bit lower down on my list as far as centers. I knew that the Texans had to draft a center and they had to draft a wide receiver. They drafted the four most pressing needs in the draft so far. But, you know, I, I had Scruggs a little further down than a few other prospects. A guy like Luke Weipler, who played with C.J. Stroud and would have probably been a natural fit, being that he was his center for two years. Um, but based on what Nick Casario said, the coaching staff fell in love with Scruggs. They loved his story. They loved who he was as a person. He probably fits their scheme as a running team. From that standpoint, they went out and got the guy who they liked the best. You know, only time will tell if that will work out. As far as Tank Dell goes, we kind of knew all along that he was kind of a favorite of Nick Casario. Nick Casario had talked highly about him previously. Um, he had went to the pro day at Houston. Uh, Tank Dell wanted to be uh, with the Texans. He wanted to stay in Houston. He's a guy who, another again, dresses another need. And probably going to play in a slot, probably play some return. And they need some help with the return game now that um, – Traymond Smith has uh, left for the Denver Broncos. So this would be some interesting moves. I, I, I thought these two picks, you know, they spent some a little bit of draft capital to move up to get both of these guys. I thought these guys probably would have been there at their intended spots. But obviously, Nick Casario and company, you know, thought otherwise. And they got guys who filled important needs. And, and now, I think from now on this point forward, the Texans can pick whoever is the best available um, and who's over the board. And they have two early picks in the fourth round. And and uh, at 104 and 105, and, and, and they can do what they can with those. And I thought it was interesting talking to Nick Casario afterward. He opened up about their process and how they do trades. Again, they've done, at this point, nine draft day trades in the Nick Casario era in three uh, draft cycles. This is just something natural to what they do. And he said today they had seven different scenarios up on the wall at one point that they were looking through. Um, someone asked him directly, okay, did you think there were other teams? Uh, did you know that other teams were going to draft um, a center and, and that's why you traded up two spots to do it? Um, he said, obviously, <laughs> they didn't know and they're not smart enough to know what other teams do. It's really relying on their pro scouting department and, and, and analyzing whether the teams could draft a center. 
they jumped the Bears and the Broncos. And the Bears did have a need at center. Uh, they, they're kind of in a similar situation to the Texans in that they've got two depth guys there, but really no one clear who could start there. So they felt strong enough that they'd have to jump them, and obviously they were picking next. So I think in that situation there's that, the wide receiver side of it um, as well. You could, you could see some of the needs there. But um, in, in the interest of the Texans overall, Whenever Casario got there, the offensive line was a mess. Um, it's been a long story that extends back to the Bill O'Brien era, where you know, they traded almost, you know, traded two first-round picks among others to go get Laramie Tunsil, and then they drafted Titus Howard, and then everything on the interior blew up, and they had to put Howard at left guard for the twenty-one season, and then they drafted Kenyon Green, and finally moved Howard back to right tackle, and then they traded for Shaq Mason, and now they've finally addressed the center position at long last, they have an offensive line that looks like it'll be formidable and consistent and at no better time than whenever they drafted CJ Stroud, their next franchise quarterback. So you have that. How much do you, are you excited by the wide receiver core, Jonathan? Because I think that was one of the things you looked at a lot. Uh, you put Jackson Smith and Jigba up there at pick number 12. Uh, obviously they didn't get to that. And he went 20th to uh, later on in, in the draft. And then they, went and got um, Tank Dell here or there. They have Robert Woods, who they signed, having traded Brandon Cooks. Nico Collins has battled injuries, but he's a big guy. John Mechie coming back from battling leukemia. Having added Tank Dell, what do, you, what, do you, what do you make of this wide receiver court? I'm really interested to see how all these guys fit because a lot of these guys are very similar. A lot of these guys play a lot of slot. Tank Dell, obviously John Mechie, we're not, we're not sure we're what we're going to get from him, but he was obviously thought of very highly to be drafted in the second round last year. Um, he's a slot guy. Robert Woods has played some slot. I think the thing I'm concerned about is while the Texans have in some ways upgraded their wide receiver core, like Philip Dorsett and Chris Moore, you know, uh, Noah Brown and Robert Woods are, are slight upgrades over those guys. I still don't think that they've done enough. Yeah, you bring up Noah Brown, yeah. 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 I, I still don't think that they've done enough. I think even with the guys that the Texans had, even with Brandon Cooks, and, and we're not, they, they haven't made up for Brandon Cooks yet. The Texans were still among the worst teams in the league in receiving. So I, I think that the Texans currently lack a true number one, and perhaps they may not solve that issue this year. I mean, obviously, unless somebody just emerges. I think, I think Tank Dell will be a great, uh, will be a good player, explosive player for the Texans in year one. Somebody who will, you know, become some uh very vital for them but I I still think that they need a true number one and maybe they were never going to solve that this year you know the Bengals you look back at the Bengals I'm not comparing CJ Stroud to Joe Burrow but um the Bengals didn't have their number one they had T Higgins who was really good but you know they solved that issue the following year when they drafted Jamar Chase so you know that maybe their opportunity for the Texans to do that next year but I think that's the one concern I have is they need a true they need more weapons and 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 who knows maybe Nico Collins steps up Maybe he becomes um, that guy, but I, I think we still need to figure that out. I think with how it's set up right now, what Tank Dell can do, because yeah, Robert Woods is entering his mid thirties. He's uh, you know he's thirty one, I think, right now thirty two. Um, by the end of his contract, which is a two year deal, he'll be in the mix um, at that point. He, he struggled the last couple of years in Tennessee and an offense in which he didn't really seem fit, but. What I think Tank Dell can do, he's got the speed, he's got his size. I, I saw a comparison to Marquise Brown 
who, uh, you know, with the Ravens, what the Texans lacked last year often was someone who could open up or demand attention from the defense. And Brandon Cooks was kind of just, he, he was unable to get open a lot of times earlier on in the season. Robert Woods may not have to be the Robert Woods of old whenever you have attention demanded in the middle with a guy like John Mechie paired with Tank Dell. Um, I, I think just having that kind of uh, versatility and speed and might might open those things up. And maybe you don't have a true number one. Maybe you don't need one right now. And, and I think the Texans are making it clear that they're they're once again leaning towards some sort of run-oriented scheme. Um, you mentioned earlier, why didn't they draft their Ohio State center that worked with C.J. Stroud? Well, today, talking about C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryan's mentioned how they're going to run a different scheme than what he's used to. That's partly why they got Juice Scruggs. So you got Damian Pierce, you got uh, Devin Singletary. I think they're going to run the ball a lot here. Maybe next year, you, you look at teams like the Dolphins, who, who run the ball frequently, uh, use a lot of two tight end sets, but they cashed in with first round picks to go and trade for you know, Tyreek Hill. I mean, the Texans have a first round pick next year and maybe they might might be in a situation where uh, they find a, a that big time pass catcher because they're definitely not going to be, I don't think, in range of the top seven, top five to 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 do that. Maybe maybe they might be, maybe they might not, but I, I think they'd be happy with the rest of their offense and uh, to, to, to maybe even splurge on that kind of capital. But um, you also have to think about Titus Howard and whether you're going to extend him. And that's a completely <laughs> separate conversation. <laughs> How much – it seemed like obviously the two picks today were offensive. But defensively, I'm looking at the offensive line. I think that's pretty pretty well shored up. The running back position, the quarterback position, the wide receiver core, tight end Dalton Schultz and other things. I think it's I think that there's a lot of filled on the yeah. offensive side. How stable do you think their the defense is? Because I think that's where they might go the rest of this draft. I think that the Texans could add another defensive end. You know, I know they got Chase Winovich, and now they have Will Anderson to go along with Grenard and and um, and Jerry Hughes. I mean, I don't think you can have enough defensive ends and quality ones. I think that's possible. I think cornerback for the future. I think they need a cornerback for the future. I, you know, Steven Nelson is is coming up on a contract year. Obviously, he wants a big contract. I don't see the tech unless unless Steven Nelson just given the fact that he's I think thirty, um, you know teams don't typically re up on cornerbacks who are thirty unless they're um, all pro players, and even all pro players get passed up on when they're cornerbacks at that position. So I think the Texans have to address cornerback. I think that's an important position to to take at one hundred four or one hundred five because they're going to have to find the future. Um, I think uh, Ty Vier's on a one-year contract. Uh, Desmond King, I don't think he has that many years left on his contract. I can't remember off the top of my head. So they're definitely going to have to address that in the future. So those are a couple. That's They definitely got to go defense with uh, one of these two picks here at the top of the fourth round. And I think cornerback is one way to go. Linebacker is another way to go. Um, you know, that's stopping the run was such a struggle for them last year. Um, they've gotten better on the, in the defensive tackle area, which will help. Will Anderson, obviously, too. But if they can add some some linebackers who would essentially also play special teams when you get into this area, I think it could only help them. Yeah, they're sitting at 104 and 105, and Nick Casario said that they'd be entertaining calls from uh, other NFL teams who might want to trade up for those slots. Um, but he said it was less about 
moving around for draft capital and acquiring capital as it is positioning. So I think it's just a matter of whether they have that many players in that range that they want to pick. And uh, we'll, we'll obviously find that out tomorrow. But I, I still think linebacker is somewhere I could see them galvanizing some depth there. I mean, <laughs> when you look at Nick Casario and, and now D'Amico Ryans and how they've drafted players, they've all played big-time football. I, I, they, a lot of the times come from the SEC, which makes me think of Henry to O to O. I think I'm saying his name right, but linebacker from Alabama, that still remains on the draft board. Um, they've got a lot of guys on one-year deals, as you mentioned, that still remain at linebacker, Kirksey, and others. And I think they need to add more to the mix. They added a couple of guys in free agency who have dealt with uh, injuries like Denzel Perryman. I mean, they're, they're going to come in on a prove-it contract. Um, it would benefit them to have another rookie in the mix to uh, galvanize some competition. So I'd expect them to do that there. Um, so I, I think you're right, though, at cornerback. Steven Nelson has done a, a great job, uh, one of the better free agency signings so far under in the Casari era, in my opinion. But he's going to be on his final year, and uh, they're going to have to decide whether they're going to extend him. So I, I could see that as a possibility as well. But I think uh, what's interesting now, because the last couple of years, there's just so many holes um, that the Texans with their – stock of draft picks could really just package them all in trades and go up and get the best guy on their board. I'd be interested to know how Nick Casario and his personnel department strategy changes um, when they start to fill a bunch of spots and have other glaring ones. And uh, when they have their draft board available, do they start to pick based on what needs they have at certain positions instead of just the best player available, which seems to have been, their strategy the last couple of years. And even right now, we could see it. Center, wide receiver, quarterback, defensive end. Those were all needs instead of other players that were available uh, that they might have been just saying, all right, let's just get the best best guy available. So um, they've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks remaining or uh, six picks remaining, including Mr. Irrelevant, which uh, last year – was taken with a quarterback in Brock Purdy. So um, definitely still still, still uh, an interesting pick uh, to be out there. So um, we'll definitely see all the things that are there. Are there, um, I don't know, just as, as we kind of wrap this up, there's so much to talk about, but are there any kind of final thoughts lingering for you? My only final thoughts is that it, it was good to see the Texans, you know, make, you know, big splash moves. And as I said at the beginning, I thought it was good that they got, their quarterback of the future while also getting arguably the most talented player in the draft and Will Anderson. So I, I think the Texans have definitely improved uh, from that standpoint. So that's my final thought. Well, it's been a long night, yeah. long couple of days. Appreciate you guys being around. Uh, you guys can subscribe, obviously, online at HoustonChronicle.com, uh, Texas Sports Nation. He's Jonathan Alexander. I'm Brooks Cabina. We'll have all your day three draft coverage and wrapping up this whole thing. Uh, going into the offseason, and uh, they'll be reporting to camp very soon. So uh, for that, we'll uh, keep in touch with you guys and keep reading. 